Hello and welcome back to the Choosing to Heal podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at ways that you may be self-sabotaging your relationships and reasons why you may be doing this. And a lot of it has to do with beliefs and wounds that you have subconsciously. So you may not even realize that you were falling into these patterns and these behaviors. But hopefully once I go through them, as we're going through each of these examples, and you'll start to self-identify or gain a deeper understanding as to why you may be doing these behaviors and realize that not only are you normal, there's a reason that you have developed these habits. It's not just who you are. All of it has to do with your past, the way that you were raised, your conditioning and the beliefs that you carry as a result of what you went through in the past. So I hope that gives you some encouragement if you do start to identify with some of these self-sabotaging behaviors, that there's a reason for it. You're not crazy. You're not just someone who is broken. So as I go through each of these examples, I'm going to share with you the belief that is driving you to participate in these behaviors, and then some examples of what this behavior may look like, as well as some things that you can do to practice starting to heal and alternative choices that you can make if you find yourself leaning towards one of these. Hey there, you're listening to the Choosing to Heal podcast, where we ditch the small talk for real deep conversations about all that life has to offer. I'm your host, Monica Lee. And my goal is to share insights and tangible tips to help you maximize your potential and live a life full of intention and purpose. From mental, emotional, and physical wellness to relationships, faith, and business, the goal is always the same. We're choosing to heal, grow, and thrive each day. So grab a cup of coffee, get comfy, and let's chat. There's a lot to cover today, so I'm going to hop right in to the first way you may be sabotaging your relationship, and this is by lashing out. And lashing out is pretty obvious, but in case you're unfamiliar with that term, that's anytime that you get frustrated and angry, you get loud, you get big, you may say things that you don't mean, and lashing out is all stemming from this unconscious belief or this wound that nobody sees or hears me, like nobody cares about me. So think about if you grew up in an environment where you believed that, like maybe you had parents who punished you every time that you had big emotional outbursts instead of holding space for you, if you felt like nobody was able to listen to your feelings or hold space for your feelings, chances are you have a subconscious wounded belief that your feelings don't matter. And what that is saying when you're lashing out, what you're trying to say in an unhealthy way is, look, can you see how hurt I am? Like, prove to me how much you love me. And you believe that the only way that you'll ever be heard or seen is if you get big and you yell and you get loud because you had to have a big reaction in order to be seen or heard in the past because your attempts of just sharing your feelings weren't ever paid attention to as a kid. And so lashing out stems from, it's kind of like a last resort, honestly, of believing like all of the other ways and trying to feel seen and heard, they don't work. And so this is like a last ditch effort to show someone that I am hurting in hopes that they will care for me and hopes that they will see me and hear me. 
And the only reason anyone would care about me is if I create a problem in order to get them to care. So lashing out there and all of these, you'll see that there's always going to be a vulnerable fear beneath the surface. And so lashing out looks like getting mad instead of communicating those more vulnerable feelings that you're trying to push someone away in an attempt to get them to show that they care about you. So that's what it looks like. Choosing to heal from the self-sabotaging behavior of lashing out looks like practicing the pause. It's noticing when you feel the urge to lash out and separating yourself, removing yourself to regulate your nervous system. Because when you're lashing out, you're completely dysregulated. Your nervous system is totally in fight response. You've got your adrenaline pumping. And so you're not going to be able to respond in a calm way. So that is number one is practicing the pause. Um, Something else that you can do also is writing down those more vulnerable emotions instead of speaking them. That's something that I have to do. Lashing out is something that I am still working on because I grew up with a childhood where not only were my feelings not seen or heard, they were punished. And so as a teenager, there was a lot of acting out, lashing out, acting out, kind of the same thing. And so that is something that I'm still constantly having to rewire and redirect when I feel that urge because that urge doesn't go away. It's, it's wired into my nervous system. And so taking time to separate myself and journal about my feelings and to communicate them in that way has been super helpful. The next way that you may be sabotaging your relationship is by criticizing your partner. And the reason that you may be doing this is because you have a wounded belief that your needs won't ever be met by your partner and that you don't matter. You have a belief that you just don't matter. Um, Again, all of these beliefs are from childhood and these are things you may not even be aware of. And when you're rejecting and criticizing your partner, what that's really saying underneath the surface is, I don't believe that anyone is capable of meeting my needs. My needs have never been met by the people closest to me. So I'm going to find every little detail to prove my belief right. So I don't have to experience the pain of getting my hopes up and not having my needs met. So because I don't want to experience that pain, I'm going to prove that you don't care about me by pointing out all the ways that you fall short. Our ego is really sneaky that way. It wants to prove itself right. And our wounded egos are constantly seeking out evidence to confirm its beliefs. So the way that this may come out in your relationship is constantly saying things like, you never do this or you always, right? Anytime there's a never or an always that comes out in conflict, that is your sign to check yourself. That is when you are falling into that extreme black and white thinking. And that's not logical. It's very emotional. And so, of course, (laughs) when we're criticizing our partner, the underlying need there, what we're trying to say is, I want to trust you to meet my needs. I'm desperate for you to love me, even if they're in unhealthy ways that you, like maybe you have unhealthy or unrealistic expectations. It's attempting to connect with this person in a way that is obviously going to push them away, that is going to trigger shame within them, inadequacy within them, their own wounded beliefs. And so in that way, that's why it's self-sabotaging is because it's not effective. So choosing to heal this self-sabotaging behavior of criticizing is challenging the stories that you make up during conflict. So developing awareness and examining them as truth. So does my partner 
really not care about me, like if he doesn't spend every waking moment with me, if he chooses to engage in a hobby by himself, does that really mean he doesn't care about me? Or is the truth in that, that it's not that black and white, right? Like people can engage in things for themselves and have healthy hobbies. And that also doesn't mean they don't care about you or they're not prioritizing you. So examining the truth of the stories that you're making up. Something that really helps with this is a couple of things. So I have a couple of resources for you. So if you go back and listen to episode five, it's titled How to Respond, Not React. And it walks you through a step-by-step process on how you can challenge these thoughts and catch them in the moment. And if you want a more tangible exercise rather than just listening to something, you can go to the show notes of this episode and I will link my triggered masterclass, which is a video series that includes journal prompts that you can use every time you're triggered. And it really helps you get to the root of all the stories that are coming up, these wounded beliefs, so that it can help you get to a place where you're understanding the truth and your true vulnerable feelings and not just reacting based on these stories that you've made up based on these wounded beliefs. So those are two resources for you. If you find yourself struggling with any of these beliefs, really, it'll help not just with this one, but all of the ones that I'm sharing with you today. The next way you may be self-sabotaging is through passive aggression. And when we're doing this, The belief is, again, that you don't feel your needs will be met or that you don't matter to your partner. And so when we are passive aggressive, what we're trying to communicate through this behavior is I'm going to be hostile and outwardly visibly upset so you know how hurt I am. And I'm doing this as an unconscious manipulation to motivate you to improve, to do better, and to fix it so that I can feel safe because I don't currently feel safe in this relationship. I don't trust that you care about me. I don't trust that my needs are going to be met. And if I don't trust that you're able to do that, I fear that if I just act normal or if I act kind or nice towards you, that you're going to stay the same and you're not going to be motivated to do what my wounded ego believes you need to do in order to make me feel safe. So there's a lot of enmeshment that is intertwined with this. It can also um, bring in some codependency, right? Because we're relying on our partner to feel safe and to feel good. And every time we are choosing to be visibly upset, it is an unconscious manipulation. And manipulation isn't necessarily a bad word. It just means that we are trying to control our own behavior in an attempt to control somebody else, to get a desired outcome. And so that is what we're doing. And again, so so remember how I said all of these have positive intentions. The positive intention is you help me feel safe. There's nothing wrong with wanting to feel safe and wanting your partner to help support you in feeling loved and getting your needs met. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. But obviously, when we are doing this in a way that causes resentment and bitterness, it's like drinking poison. It's going to hurt you and it's of course going to hurt the other person too. And it's not at all going to motivate them to want to show up for you. So choosing to heal from this looks like communicating those more vulnerable feelings beneath the service that I just shared with you. So this is where journaling is going to help to uncover those fears, nervous system regulation, So learning how to calm yourself and notice when you are activated physically, like you can feel it in your body. So doing breath work and things to calm yourself down so that you're not walking around and your partner's not having to walk on eggshells around you. 
All right. The next way you may be self-sabotaging is by threatening to leave, separating yourself, and running away from your relationship. And the reason that we do this is due to the wounded belief that everyone leaves me. I'm not lovable and nobody wants me. I'm not worth fighting for. And so you can think back to your childhood and was there ever a time where you felt abandoned, where you felt like you weren't good enough or where you felt like someone didn't choose you? And the pain of that is so deep. And the whole goal of our um, protectors, our wounded ego, the whole goal is to prevent us from feeling that deep pain again. And so that's like the motto of it. It's like never again, whatever we have to do so that never again will we feel this way. And so if you have experienced the pain of rejection and the pain of abandonment, what you are doing is saying, I will never feel rejected or abandoned. So I'm going to reject you and I'm going to abandon you first before you can reject and abandon me. So it's doing that in order to prevent that deep pain. So when we're doing this, when we're just threatening to break up or maybe you do break up and but you really don't mean it, you know, storming off during an argument and just running away, what you're really trying to communicate is if I leave, are you going to chase me? Are you going to prove how much you love me by trying to win me back? And I need you to do that so that I know that it's safe. I need you to do that so I know that you care about me, so that I know that I'm worthy and that I'm lovable. Choosing to heal from this self-sabotaging behavior would look like communicating that urge like, hey, I feel the urge to run away right now. I feel myself starting to shut down and I don't want to because I really care about you and realizing the truth that your partner does care about you and practicing taking breaks and coming back. So if you're someone who constantly just gets way too overwhelmed every time you're in conflict, practicing taking a break, but then communicating, I'll be back in 10 minutes. Or if I'm not calm by 10 minutes, I will let you know and I'll take 10 more minutes. Instead of just storming out without any communication for God knows how long. Um, So those are things that you can do to help start healing that urge to want to protect yourself, which is ultimately sabotaging your relationship, of course, because that is not going to allow your partner to feel um, safe. All of these behaviors If you're wondering like why your relationship is in constant conflict cycles, cycles of conflict, cycles of reactivity, it's because it's very, very, very difficult to be in a relationship with someone who is participating or engaging in any one of these self-sabotaging behaviors. It's near to impossible for it not to trigger the other person's protector parts and their protector parts are most likely going to try to protect themselves in unhealthy ways as well in any means possible so they don't feel the pain of being rejected and abandoned and not feeling safe and all of the things. And so as you can imagine, it's just a total storm of sabotage. And that is how these really beautiful relationships start to crumble down. All right. So the next way that you may be sabotaging a relationship, if you're someone who needs constant reassurance or if you find yourself to be super needy and clingy, chances are you have an abandonment wound and a fear of rejection. And if you remember, I said the same thing at the beginning. The fear is the same. It's just the way that it may manifest in your life may look different on the surface. So like the symptom may be different, but ultimately the root comes down to the same core wounds and fears here. So if you are someone who is constantly questioning your partner's love for you, 
So even if your partner is someone who tells you how much they love you, if you're someone who just doesn't believe it or you constantly need that reassurance, what you're really wanting is proof that your partner still loves you. You need reassurance that they aren't going to leave you, that everything is okay. And when you are asking for that reassurance, what you're communicating is, I don't believe you. And so I need you to constantly prove in detail why what you say is true to soothe my insecurity. Again, it's because you haven't learned the art of self-soothing yet. And so when you're doing this, you're finding a hole in their logic because, again, your subconscious is going to try to do whatever it can to prove its belief correct. And if you have the belief that you're not lovable or that your partner doesn't love you, regardless of what they say, and I'm sure you've experienced this, it's like no matter what they say, you can find a hole in their logic. You can always find something that's like, you know, oh, yeah, but what about the one time you said this or you did this? It's like constantly dragging up these ways that could prove your fear right or that it's not safe, right? Like you're going to point out all the ways that they have contradicted themselves or contradicted what they are saying so that you don't have to believe it. And so this might show up by saying like, if you loved me, you would do this or, but if that's true, then why did you blah, blah, blah. If they're constantly giving you compliments and you have a rebuttal for it, it's looking for evidence to prove why they don't love you. So choosing to heal this pattern, instead of looking for evidence to prove why they don't love you, try to find evidence as to why they do love you. Everything that they do, all the little things they do to show that they love you, even if they don't verbally say it, acts of service, things that they do that show that they care about you. And this is really important because our egos are very, they have very strong beliefs. And so when you're triggered and when you're activated, it's going to help if you have a list to trigger those memories, because guess what? When you're triggered, you're not going to be thinking about that. You're not going to be thinking about all the things that they do do. You're going to right away be finding all of the things that they do wrong. And so having it written down to refer to when you're activated is super helpful. The next way you may be sabotaging a relationship is through hypervigilance. And if that term is new to you, what hypervigilance is, is it's it's like the anxious need to constantly be on edge or like waiting for the ball to drop. It's like trying to find the thing that is wrong and it's having this like insecurity, this unsettling feeling that there's something wrong or something bad is about to happen. And so you're trying to protect yourself and be in control of the thing that doesn't feel in control. And this is really common when healing from betrayal trauma as well. It's like an attempt to establish safety. So the underlying wounded belief here is that you're not safe. It's not safe. And it's saying that something bad could happen. So I have to stay on high alert in order to minimize and prevent the pain. And the way that I'm going to do that is by controlling the worst outcome from happening. And the ways you may do this is by snooping through their phone or by accusing them of cheating or by being super jealous or assuming the worst about your partner when there isn't, you know, there are times where there may be valid reasons for you to feel unsafe. Like as I mentioned with betrayal trauma, that makes perfect sense. It doesn't mean that it's a healthy coping mechanism. It just means that that is a common trauma response to when you are experiencing betrayal trauma. But this can also happen in healthy relationships where, you know, you, there isn't a reason for you to be suspicious. They're not doing anything in order to make you think that they would cheat on you. But you're just like finding ways to feed that fear that doesn't exist, if that makes sense. And so it's like you're going and finding ways to prove these suspicions right. 
Choosing to heal from this is the constant practice of reminding yourself that you are safe. Because remember, all of this is stemming from the belief that you're not safe, it's not going to be safe, they're not safe, you're not safe. But you are. Because if you weren't safe, no matter, even though you've experienced all the things that you've gone through, all the trauma in your life, if you didn't have what it takes to survive, you wouldn't be here today. And so even if the worst were to happen, If your partner did do all of these things that you're so desperately terrified of, you're still going to have what it takes to get through it. I know you don't want it to happen, but when you are triggered, it's helpful to remind yourself that you are capable of handling whatever life throws at you and that you don't need to be in this constant state of high alert, in this constant state of stress and anxiety. And of course, what is it doing? It's self-sabotaging. You're you're pushing your partner away by doing this anyways. And so that is a way to soothe yourself from those fears that are coming up when you feel the urge to be hypervigilant. All right, a couple more here. So the next way that you could be self-sabotaging your relationship is by trying to fix your partner and save your relationship. And I was super guilty of this in my marriage. And the wounded belief is that it's all up to me. And that stems from the feelings of not being good enough. And it's saying that I'm not good enough to motivate them to change. Like they're not doing anything differently on their own, which means I must not be good enough to make them want to do better. So it's up to me. So in order to get my needs met and feel loved, I have to take on this burden and this responsibility, the weight of all of this, and sacrifice my own well-being by managing. This is when you fall into that mother role that therapist role or that manager role in your relationship, which no one wants to be in a relationship with their mother or their therapist or their manager, right? It's two equal people. The fear is that because you have a a past where your needs weren't met, in order to feel safe, you maybe you had to take things in your own hands. And so this shows up now in your relationship by overcompensating, or maybe every time you get into conflict, you are constantly trying to find a new therapist or a course that you can take or sending them posts on Instagram, like this is what we need to be doing, like fixing, fixing, fixing the problem. When really... It is up to your partner as well to take accountability for their own actions. So this is where I know if you're listening to this and you're guilty of this, you would tell me if we were like sitting face to face, you'd be like, but Monica, they are making mistakes. They are part of the problem. And that may be very well and true, but also (laughs) by doing this, by trying to force change onto your partner in order to quote unquote fix them, you are also contributing to this problem. Ultimately, when you're trying to fix your partner, it's only going to fuel those feelings of not being good enough that are probably contributing to their own behavior, their side of the street. So healing from this pattern of sabotage is going to be you focusing on your own growth and healing and practicing the art of detachment and accepting your partner as they are. Because if you think about it, if the fear is that you're only going to get your needs met if you overcompensate. Well, that's not healthy. And that's going to completely exhaust you and burn you out in the long term. It's going to create bitterness and resentment, right? It's not going to create a healthy partnership. So even though the positive intent is good, I'll repeat myself till I'm blue in the face. If you're only getting that outcome as a result of you controlling them and manipulating them in order to get them to change, you're not ever going to get what you want. And so it's much more effective to 
remove your vice grip from them and see, okay, what are they doing authentically without me controlling them, without me stepping on their throat and getting them to do it? How are they going to show up? And from there, you get to decide if that behavior and what they're showing you and what they're giving you and contributing to the partnership is enough for you. But in order to see that, you first have to let go of the constant trying to fix them and save your relationship out of fear of being alone or fear of not getting your needs met. And last but not least, the last way you may be self-sabotaging is by accepting breadcrumbs, meaning like sacrificing yourself, being a chameleon in a relationship. And this stems from the belief that you're not good enough and you're not lovable the way that you are, exactly as I am. I'm not lovable. When you are self-sabotaging in this way, you're saying, I can be that for you. Whatever it is that you want, whatever it is that you need, I can be that for you. I can change myself. I can sacrifice whatever. I can deny my own needs if that means that you will choose me, which will prove that I am lovable. And man, that is a deep one if you really think about it. And so this shows up in your life by attaching to unavailable partners. If you're wondering why you keep attracting these same type of men, you're likely addicted to being chased, to feeling chosen. And so it makes sense why you would be attracting people who on the surface aren't as attached because if you can get them to choose you or to chase you, it proves that you are so lovable, you are so worthy, you are so amazing that you can get this uninterested person to be interested in you. Well, imagine how powerful of a person you must be in order to get that to happen. So it's all stemmed from this belief and and this core deep desire to feel good enough and to feel lovable. And so choosing to heal this type of self-sabotaging behavior, you're going to need to identify your core values and start communicating those. Because if you're used to self-sacrificing and neglecting your needs, you probably aren't even familiar with what your needs are in a relationship, let alone communicating them to someone. And this is going to be hard, especially because practicing showing up authentically risks rejection. It means saying to someone, this is who I am and this is what I need. And they could very well say, I don't like that and I don't want that. And that to your wounded ego is going to be like the worst case scenario. And that's why it has been acting out this way to prevent that rejection, being faced with that. And so it's going to be really challenging, but it's going to be so rewarding and fulfilling to your authentic self. You are betraying yourself and you are abandoning yourself when you are not practicing showing up authentically. So even if that means feeling that rejection, it is going to feel so good to yourself because you're going to start establishing trust that you can trust yourself and those wounded parts can trust you to take care of yourself. And that is going to feel so much more fulfilling than getting someone who really isn't worthy of your love to choose you. That was a lot. (laughs) And I just want to encourage you that if you identified with any of the behavior on this list, or maybe you do like multiple, if not all of I mean, honestly, I'm guilty of behaving in all of this behavior at some point or another in my life, in my relationships. And so I just want you to know that there's nothing wrong with you. It just means that you have a wounded past and you have wounded parts of yourself that are trying to protect you. And that is a loving thing that you are trying to do for yourself. So you're not broken. You're not this horrible person. This is really deep work and change is not going to happen overnight. You know, I'm still learning to heal from this myself. Some of these are still showing up when I get triggered. And so I want you to be gentle with yourself. 
if you need accountability in doing this type of work, I encourage you to go listen to some of the other episodes on this podcast. That's free resources available to you. I also have a triggered masterclass. I mentioned it early in the episode. I'll link it to the show notes where that is super, super helpful for you to get in the practice of going through those exercises when you're triggered. That would be a really great resource for you to refer to if you're wanting to heal from this self-sabotaging behavior. And then lastly, if you would like accountability, I highly encourage you to join our Choosing to Heal community. And that's where you're going to meet like-minded people who are just like you trying to heal from these patterns of self-sabotage. And we are going through different books in our book club. We are going through different workbooks and practices in order to constantly be making progress and taking tangible action towards that goal of choosing to heal. There's even a specific forum dedicated to processing and sharing your triggers. So if you find yourself participating in this self-sabotaging behavior, you could go to that forum and say, hey guys, I just lashed out and I realized that it was coming from this fear and it's going to have resources that are available to you to access to support you when you find yourself acting out in this behavior. So those are some great resources to help you get started. And until next time, friend, keep choosing to heal. Hey again, thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end, which makes you one of my favorite people. If you can think of anyone who would benefit from listening to this episode, it would mean the world if you'd either send it to them directly or share about it on social media. Ratings and reviews are the absolute best way you can support the podcast and keep the content coming. So make sure to subscribe and leave some love while you're at it. You can find me on all of the social platforms at Monica Lee blog and follow the podcast at choosing to heal. Thanks again. And I'll see you next time.